0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This week's show is sponsored by ManCrates.com. Very simple sell for you. You're having a hard time coming up with a Father's Day gift for a significant other, for your dad, for your husband, for yourself that you got to put on a list. Go to ManCrates.com slash Eric. E-R-I-C-K. ManCrates.com slash Eric. You will find something for everyone there who's a guy. And they come in these big wooden crates with a crowbar that you got to open. They're awesome. From bar sets to knife sets to beer brewing sets to whiskey appreciation sets to hunting gifts to sports. Go to mancrates.com slash eric, E-R-I-C-K. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Y'all, we've got to have a talk about Casey Cagle and this story that's come out. Uh, the transcript, it's audio, it's his voice. I guess I should tell you it is Eric Erickson here on WSB. And the phone number is 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. So... Are we setting ourselves up for a Roy Moore situation? And I don't I don't mean with women, Um, you know, the Roy Moore situation where essentially you had these ongoing investigations and and drip, drip, drip of scandal um, that caused a Democrat to get elected. The Kegel story isn't good and it's not good because it's in his own voice. And he's attacking school choice advocates. Um, He is deeply opposed to school choice. He makes it clear. Uh, Uses several choice words. I'm not allowed to repeat on radio. In talking about the school choice movement and his opposition to school choice. And how he thinks it's bad public policy. But he supported it politically because he needed to stop Hunter Hill from getting money. My goodness. I, I, I need to reach you a statute. Uh, I need to read you Georgia Law, um, OCGA 16104. 4 Any officer or employee of the state who asks for or receives anything of value to which he or she is not entitled in return for an agreement to procure or attempt to procure the passage or defeat the passage of any legislation by the General Assembly, or procure or attempt to procure the approval or disapproval of the same by the governor, shall be guilty of a felony, and upon conviction thereof shall be punished by a fine of not more than $100,000, or by imprisonment for not less than one, nor more than five years, or both. Any officer of the state who asks for or receives anything of value to which he or she is not entitled in return for an agreement to procure or attempt to procure the passage or defeat of legislation is guilty of a felony. And you're asking, what, 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 did, what did Casey Cagle procure? What, what did he get for himself? Well, read the transcript of the conversation with Clay Tippins. He didn't get money. He stopped someone else from getting something, and that was of value to him. See, this is Clay Tippins. Why? You, you turned on him. Are, are there reasons for that? Talking about his, his uncle, uh, Lindsey Tippins, in the state Senate. Cagle says, exactly the reason I told Lindsey that you need to listen to It, it ain't about public policy. It's about, um, F-word, politics. There's a group that's getting ready to put $3 million behind Hunter Hill, Mr. Pro-Choice. I mean, Mr. Pro-Charters, vouchers. Tippins. So someone's going to put $3 million into his or yours and Kegel. No, no, no. They're not going to put it into mine. They're going to back Hunter. The deal has already been done every year. Every year I killed this bill with Lindsey Tippins. We beat it to a pulp. The Walton Foundation, they're going to spend $3 million in an independent expenditure tippins. Oh no. If if Hunter got 3 million from the Walton Foundation, he'd have been money. That makes him formidable. Kegel. Oh yeah, yeah. He ran out of the money in his own campaign. He had nothing to spend on the finish line. But had he that 3 million dollars behind him against me? How did Kegel know he was getting Hunter Hill was getting 3 million dollars? It's a very precise figure. How did Casey Cagle know Hunter Hill was getting $3 million? There's a rumor, I was talking to a lobbyist a little while ago, there's a rumor that Cagle met with the lobbies for the Walton Foundation. He would have known that Hunter Hill was going to get $3 million in independent expenditures. And he had to do something to benefit his campaign. It's not that Cagle got $3 million. The benefit to Cagle was that Hunter Hill didn't get $3 million. There's an actual real benefit. Again, it doesn't have to be that he got money. He got something, anything of value. That's the statute. An officer of the state who asks for or receives anything of value to which he or she is not entitled in return for an agreement to procure or attempt to procure the passage of legislation by the General Assembly shall be guilty of a felony. There was something of value in his own words to Clay Tippins in Hunter Hill being denied $3 million if he passed the school choice legislation or the the expanded education tax credit legislation, and he did. And what happened? Hunter Hill was deprived of the three million dollars that the Walton Foundation didn't give it. Did Casey Kegel Did Casey Cagle talk to a lobbyist for the Walton Foundation and get them to not make a financial decision if he were to pass legislation, if so, he receives something of value. Now, am I accusing Casey Cagle of a felony? No, I'm not. But this happened in Fulton County. The Fulton County DA is a Stacey Abrams supporter. Do we really want to see Casey Cagle mired down on a grand jury investigation over what happened? Because I can tell you, this sounds like something some Democratic um, attorney is going to say we need a grand jury on, and we may. If he met with the Walton Foundation to go after one of it to promise to do something legislatively in exchange for a financial benefit to himself, and that financial benefit was not that he gets money, but that someone else has denied it so he doesn't have to spend his money on the primary, he can save it for the for the runoff, there are people who are going to argue this is problematic. There are a lot of people who are going to argue that's problematic. You know, here's the thing. We know stuff like this happens all the time. We do. We all know this stuff happens all the time. But nobody ever gets it recorded. And this got recorded, and that could cause problems. Let me take a quick time out for a word for a very awesome sponsor whose glass I might have sitting next to me as I record this. Uh, and that would be Man Crates. So Y'all listen. Whether you're getting gifts for yourself, you got to like do a list for your family to give you something or you're buying for your dad or someone else. Uh, the fact is that gift giving for guys, particularly guys who can buy stuff for themselves, is difficult, uh, which is why I really like man crates. And for this Father's Day, you can get your dad or put it on the list for yourself, something for your dad. There is like a whiskey appreciation crate or a knife making crate. They actually come in wooden crates with a crowbar for you to open. I got one from Mankrates a while back and it was a personalized bar set. Uh it had pint glasses for beer with my name on them. It had uh, coasters with my name on it. It was really cool. Really like Mankrates. Uh have for a while. It is a great way To get a good gift for a guy, you can get special Father's Day discounts today at mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a limited time offer. It's only for Father's Day. So go today. That's mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a good gift. You'll enjoy it for yourself and whoever you get it for, they're going to enjoy it too. After the hour, and I'm Eric Erickson. The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. When we come back, uh, the DOMA decision and Trump on Obamacare. It is 39 after the hour, Eric Erickson here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Those are the full numbers, and just a reminder, we've got a severe thunderstorm warning for DeKalb, Newton, and Rockdale counties, and if you're headed out towards Lake Oconee, Lake Sinclair for the weekend, Jasper, Morgan, and Putnam counties are in a severe thunderstorm warning for the next five minutes, um, and I gotta say, I-, I wonder if they're gonna extend that one because there's just more cropping up out there. There is a very strong stu- thunderstorm uh, in the Walnut Grove area, headed towards Conyers, and wouldn't surprise me if we get a severe thunderstorm warning out of that as well. Um, I say I started this program in January of 2011. It was the second week of January. I want to say it was January 11th, 2011. Uh, was my first day on the air on WSB on my own show. And it wasn't too long after that. I was at CNN at the time. And it wasn't too long after that that I said on the radio that it was a dangerous precedent for Barack Obama to not defend a law in court that he didn't like when it was lawfully passed by Congress. That was the Defense of Marriage Act. Barack Obama told Eric Holder, the Attorney General, not to defend the Defense of Marriage Act. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger in California refused to defend Proposition H that had been voted on by the people of California in a referendum. Majority of Californians supported Proposition 8. It passed, altered the Constitution of California to make marriage between a man and a woman, and Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Attorney General of California refused to support it. Barack Obama refused to keep with 150 years of precedent in American constitutional law because he was worried about Mitt Romney in 2012 and he wanted his entire coalition attacked, including gay rights activists. And I said this was going to come back and bite him they were one day going to be on the other end of this, that a Republican president would say, you know what, I'm not going to defend this law. I think it's unconstitutional. And I actually think that's the way it should be, mind you, because I I think that if a president decides that Congress has done something unconstitutional, he should veto it. And then if they override his veto, then uh, you don't have to defend it. Nonetheless, we live in a world where after the Civil War, really after Marbury versus Madison, but after the Civil War in particular, presidents took it upon themselves to always defend laws lawfully passed by Congress, whether they like them or not. Until Barack Obama in 2011 with the Defense of Marriage Act. And last night, my I told you so on the left came back to him. Precedent matters. Now you people on the left, you eat this up with a smile on your face because you started it. You really did. You're the one who broke 150 years of precedent. Donald Trump's lawyers went into court in Texas last night before a conservative judge with 12 uh, 12 uh, attorneys generals of various states and said, you know what? We don't think Obamacare is unconstitutional. We don't think Obamacare is constitutional. We're not going to defend it in court. We think the, the states are right. We think Obamacare is unconstitutional. And we, your honor, think you need to throw it out. It's exactly what Barack Obama did with the Defense of Marriage Act. And now the tables have been turned and all these liberal, college, liberal law professors who were applauding Obama for doing are like, this cannot be. We cannot do this. How dare the president not defend the law? The president has an obligation to defend the law. They were all perfectly fine in 2011 when a president of the United States did this. And now suddenly it's an outrage. No, it's not. It's called precedent. There are words I want to say and can't on radio. There is precedent. And Barack Obama started it. And now you guys got to live with it. And now it hurts you. And it's Obamacare. So I'm okay with that. To this point, some more. There is a precedent that Donald Trump is setting that is a dangerous precedent. And Republicans should reconsider this. Now, seeing what's happened now... With Democrats in precedent, I think maybe we should be a little mature about this. The president is using a national security provision to impose tariffs on American allies. Essentially, the president of the United States has to determine that Canada, Mexico, Great Britain, and Germany are national security threats to the United States because that's who he's imposing tariffs on. And they're not. They're our allies. And if he's going to set a precedent of using a national security provision to impose tariffs on our allies. This is going to go badly on Republicans if a Bernie Sanders-type Democrat gets elected. And don't tell me one can't get elected, folks. We just had Barack Obama. This is not going to end well for Republicans. Precedent matters. And Democrats are finding that out now. Democrats are finding that out as Donald Trump uses precedents set by Barack Obama to the detriment of Democratic voter values. It's going to happen to Republicans. If you go down this road with the tariffs, Mr. President, and you use a national security provision meant to be invoked in wartime or with actual threats of national security against our allies, you're going to see a future Barack Obama, a Bernie Sanders type an Elizabeth Warren type, use it for something you don't like. We should not be setting the precedent of using national security provisions to go after our allies. That's bad. But that's what President Trump is doing and he needs to rethink this. It is 54 after the hour. So when I was I speak, spoke of the Noonan Church of Christ the other night, uh, and uh, Chris from the Noonan Church of Christ, if you're listening, solo, go see it. Uh, I don't know why this movie. Well, I do understand why the movie is getting uh, bad reviews from people um, because they had higher expectations for it. But it was a a totally. I mean, it was a it was a good movie. It wasn't the greatest Star Wars movie ever made, no. Uh, but I thought it was better than the Last Jedi. Um, I liked the solo movie. Uh, I have now seen it and I like the solo movie. So go see the solo movie. I did not like Deadpool as much as I was hoping to like it. It was still a very funny movie, uh, but it was, I agree with my buddy Jonathan last who saw it and thought, you know, it's not as funny as it could have been. And it was basically a rehash of all the stuff from the first, all, all the same sorts of jokes. Which were really funny the first time in Deadpool because they had never been done before in a superhero movie like that. It didn't take itself so serious. Um, and this time they're kind of doing them all over again. It's like I ah, saw that, saw that, saw that. Uh, there were a couple of, of bits that were really genuinely funny. It's worth it's rated R, so don't take your kids to see it. But Solo, you can you can take your kids to see it. Um, you can, uh, and it's it's a good movie. I like Solo. I think it's gotten an unfairly bad rap given the development problems it had it wound up being all right when we come back anthony bourdain 11 after the hour. I am Merrick Erickson. This is WSB. Severe thunderstorm warning in effect in Coweta, Fayette, and Spalding counties uh, for the next 33 minutes. Also, a strong storm crossing I-20 to the east of Covington. Um, very strong storm in that area, but otherwise, things are starting to wind down uh, as the sun goes down. Uh, y'all, Anthony Bourdain. I I never got to meet him. Um, Our paths did not cross while I was at CNN. Uh, I know several people who knew him, uh, who were friends of his. And uh, whenever he came up, uh, everyone always talked about, uh, everybody thought highly of the guy. Uh, But also that it was very clear he was tormented. And in that torment, um, he took his own life in Europe where he was working on a CNN special leaving behind uh, his daughter. He was very open about his demons, uh, very open about the darkness within. And and I I have to tell you, after the the Kate Spade and the Anthony Borden suicides, I've seen a number of people on social media just saying terrible things, ...about those who commit suicide. And I have to tell you that for a very long time... ...I always viewed suicide as a a cowardly, selfish act. And I don't anymore. I had a friend of mine who committed suicide. Very dear friend. And she was just tormented... By just dark waves crashing over her. And she would get help, and her friends would help, and had a, a, a network of people to care for her and let her know she was loved. And, and yes, it was bad, but it was all going to be okay. And then the new dark waves would crash over her of, of guilt over being a burden to her friends, uh, of worry about her friends. Um, it's it just a cascading effect that went on and on and on and there were every time there was an end it was only the slightest thing that would would send her back into the darkness and she committed suicide and left behind people who blamed themselves who still to this day wonder if there was more that could have been done. Um, all the things the, the I, I wish the people who were thinking of committing suicide, understood that what they leave in their wake is far worse than what they deal with. And they may not realize it. Um, but the ripple effect of their death is far more unsettling, disturbing and dark than what they fight, even though they don't realize it. Um, but I also understand people wanting to have escape from that darkness, wanting, feeling like there's no way out of the situation except for that. I, I do and there are ways out. And one of the first ways to get out of those situations is to talk, uh, to talk, to share, uh, to, to find help. Because there is help. Um, there is, there's always a way out. Uh, and it is when you finally abandon hope that this happens. Uh, and that abandonment of hope and suicide, they're not the answer, even though you think they're the answer. Uh, they are a very permanent solution to a temporary problem. Uh, and it may be a recurring problem. It may be a problem that surfaces over and over that you can never completely get rid of, but there are respites from it. Um, and being a friend and being willing to talk, I know people who wrestle with depression, severe depression, and it's never easy. It never is. Uh, and, and it is not your place to tell people that, um, things are okay when they clearly aren't okay. Uh, but it is a friend's place to listen and to not say that things are okay but that things can be okay because that is possible Uh, so be a friend and let others open up let others talk let others share and if you're in a situation where you are depressed where you are thinking of doing something like that talk talk there are people willing to talk there's the national suicide hotline there are friends there's family hopefully Uh, But there's someone willing to talk and help you find a different way. There really is. There is something else I want to say, particularly on Anthony Bourdain. And that is uh, that he appreciated the ability of food to bring people together, of good food to unite people who might otherwise have never known each other. Um, It is one reason I love so much to cook as an escape from politics, particularly at this, this day and age. It is is, so many people are at each other's throats these days. It is nice to have a distraction. And I just, I got to play for you this audio. This is Anthony Bourdain talking about one of my favorite places and your favorite place, particularly if you're less than sober Waffle House. It is indeed marvelous, an irony-free zone where everything is beautiful and nothing hurts, where everybody, regardless of race, creed, color, or degree of inebriation, is welcomed. Its warm yellow glow, a beacon of hope and salvation, inviting the hungry, the lost, the seriously hammered, all across the South to come inside, a place of safety and nourishment. It never closes. It is always, always faithful always there for you waffle house anthony bourdain's ode to waffle house um very very true um college days and else and otherwise uh waffle house is such a great place i need to go to waffle house he'll be missed one of the things he hated one of the things that i hate uh, that we had in common is the concept of brunch which these days is where on Sundays, instead of going to church, millennial hipsters in skinny jeans and flannel shirts in the middle of summer go to get drunk and stare at their phones with each other. Um, This weekend, if you're thinking of something to do and you want to honor the memory of a very good man, try a different meal, something you've never tried before, and skip brunch. Let me take a quick time out for a word for a very awesome sponsor whose glass I might have sitting next to me as I record this. Uh, and that would be Man Crates. Uh, y'all listen. Whether you're getting gifts for yourself, you got to like do a list for your family to give you something or you're buying for your dad or someone else. Uh, the fact is that gift giving for guys, particularly guys who can buy stuff for themselves, is difficult, uh, which is why I really like man crates. And for this Father's Day, you can get your dad or put it on the list for yourself, something for your dad. There is like a whiskey appreciation crate or a knife making crate. They actually come in wooden crates with a crowbar for you to open I got one from Mancrates a while back and it was a personalized bar set. Uh it had pint glasses for beer with my name on them. It had uh, coasters with my name on it. It was really cool. Really like Mancrates. Uh have for a while. It is a great way To get a good gift for a guy, you can get special Father's Day discounts today at mancrates.com slash eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a limited time offer. It's only for Father's Day. So go today. That's mancrates.com slash eric, E-R-I-C-K, mancrates.com slash eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a good gift. You'll enjoy it for yourself and whoever you get it for, they're going to enjoy it too. it's 26 after the hour eric erickson here um we will not be good though with the loss of charles krauthammer uh, who released a very touching letter today he has been fighting uh cancer had a tumor removed Uh, the cancer has returned aggressively so in the last month uh, and doctors give him weeks to live and he's letting the public know about it today um It was amazing to see some of the the awful people come out and attack him today because they disagree with him politically. I'm not sure why people have to be so malcontented. Uh, I do note that the people I have realized are most malcontented in life tend to have their entire persona wrapped up in what they do on the interstate or on the interstate. Oh my goodness. Because I'm staring at the weather radar right now on the internet um and it, not a not a good thing these malcontented souls but crowd uh, will be remembered long after them um he was a, a brilliant doctor and became paralyzed in a scuba scuba diving accident uh and became a political commentator and it just uh, we don't always agree on things but he was always very brilliant always very kind as well we had uh lunch together with vice president cheney in the vice president's mansion shortly before they left office in 2009 and he's just he was a a phenomenally interesting phenomenally nice guy and he will very much be missed Um, when we come back we need to get into the story of Allie Watkins the New York Times reporter and her source James Wolfe who looks like he'll be going to jail Erickson here, it is 39 after the hour. Uh, we need to get into the story of Amy Watkins, or Allie Watkins, rather. Allie Watkins is a reporter for the New York Times. She had been a reporter for BuzzFeed. And in the reporting for BuzzFeed, she had some really impressive scoops about what was happening behind closed doors with the Senate investigation the Senate Intelligence Committee, and other information from law enforcement sources. And on social media, Allie Watkins was tweeting out hints that her sourcing was coming from the Trump team. But it wasn't. Allie Watkins was having a sexual relationship with a much older man named James Wolfe. Who was the ranking Democratic staffer for the Senate committee, and was leaking her information? We know this because the Justice Department obtained Ellie Watkins' phone records and found that uh, James Wolf was leaking to her, and he is arrested. She is not; uh, she's a reporter. This is fair game for her, but uh, the reporter community out there is outraged that the Trump administration would obtain a search warrant and get her records. I have to tell you guys, I am very concerned about the government subpoenaing reporters' documents, uh, records, phone calls to find out who their sources are. I'm very concerned about that. But I'm more concerned with employees of the federal government leaking information to reporters to damage people they disagree with. And that's what happened here, folks. Uh, This guy wanted to damage the Trump administration. And because they wanted to damage, he wanted to damage the Trump administration. He leaked to this reporter and damage done. And all the reporters are outraged about going after this reporter. And by the way, Barack Obama did it too. Here's another precedent, Democrats. Barack Obama aggressively pursued reporters uh, when they were leaking information against his administration. He aggressively pursued reporters. He targeted not just the, the reporters' cell phone records, he targeted the reporters. Donald Trump hasn't done nearly as much as what Barack Obama did, but it's certainly on that precedent set by Barack Obama, just like the, the failing to defend DOMA decision. And reporters are outraged by it. But here's the other thing about the, this Allie Watkins girl is she was tweeting about House of Cards and how she was tempted to do what in the, the first season of House of Cards what one of the reporters did, which was to have a sexual relationship with a member of Congress and use her access to him in bed to write stories uh, with leaks smearing people. And then she was like, oh no, I would never do that. That's exactly what she was doing. And she was subtly bragging about it on social media. And she was making money for her, her employers. They didn't care. They didn't care about the, the propriety of it at all. It, what, only, what mattered was the story and she got the story. And she was lying about the breadcrumbs, so people were blaming people within the Trump team when it happened to be a Democratic bureaucrat in the Senate wanting to smear his political opponents. That's what it was. Is it any wonder the president hates the media? He has every right to hate the media. Oh, y'all, Paul Manafort, he is up a creek without a paddle. I mean, the Mueller investigators are coming for him. They have charged him uh, with a superseding charge of obstruction of justice. They've got him on witness tampering. Uh, the guy hadn't been able to leave his his, his Trump Tower apartment with because he's got an ankle bracelet on, and he's trying to intimidate witnesses and tamper with witnesses. Uh, One of his associates has been charged with helping him. This is just a bad guy. Manafort is a bad guy. I I get the whole innocent until proven guilty thing, but y'all, this is a bad guy. This is a man who helped uh, terrible Russians affiliated with Vladimir Putin try to undermine democratic movements in Eastern Europe. This is a man who sent some of the same people who helped him undermine democratic movements in Eastern Europe to the Republican convention to intimidate delegates of the Republican convention who were thinking that they might not want Trump. This is not a good man. But, but, and this is the relevant thing here, President Trump didn't know. There's no evidence he knew. This was a guy who lived in his building, who he had some acquaintance with, who people recommended to him, saying, oh, this guy worked for Ronald Reagan. This guy worked for Bob Dole. You should put him on your team. And so the president did. Um, he, um, I just don't think he knew the extent of what Paul Manafort did. And most people didn't. In fact, it's pretty clear that, that his daughter was no fan of, of her dad's when she found out what he did. Uh, there's that. Remember that text message exchange that was re- released last year. My goodness gracious. Um, this guy is going down, it appears. The question is, does President Trump pardon him? You know, you he's been talking a lot about pardons and who he's going to pardon and whatnot. Uh, the name that hasn't come up. Paul Manafort makes you wonder if he's going to. I, I don't think he should. I think the president himself got played by this guy. I need to give just a, a tip of the hat to Reformation Brewery up in Woodstock. Um, it's just it, I, I love the brewery. I love the people up there. It, it's just a wonderful, friendly uh, setup uh, without a lot of pretension. They're just wonderful people. They are expanding into downtown Woodstock. And in their current location, they, they bring in food trucks. We broadcasted live up there several times. They had a delicious food truck up there, um, just wonderful barbecue. And they're partnering in their new location with Queenie's. It's a restaurant in downtown Canton. I have not been to, uh, but haven't been invited twice in the past to go to, and just because of scheduling conflicts couldn't go, um, supposed to be really good. So I, am very excited for them. They'll be opening soon. Uh, the new Refor- reformation brewery, downtown location in Woodstock, just a great brewery and, and really good. It's nice to see good people succeed. It really is. And they are, um, I Before I get out of here, I want to make a point as you head off into your weekend. Um, suicide is increasing as a cause of death in this country, and I don't think that it is a coincidence that suicide is increasing as uh, the influence of religion in this country declines. Uh, I think bad things happen when you push God out of the public square. And one of those is the increase in suicide. And I'm increasingly mindful of all these stories we've dealt with this week from Masterpiece to the uh, Russell Berger from CrossFit getting fired for just being a Christian. Um, that if you are a person of faith, you need to look around and do an inventory on your life and see if you reflect the world around you. And if you do ask yourself why, because I, I think increasingly people of faith shouldn't be reflecting the world around them. If, if you look and behave and your kids look and behave just like all the other kids in the school in the neighborhood, you might be doing something wrong. And maybe we all need to think about that. Take it a little more seriously.